everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Kushners. I am so excited today because today we're going to be talking a little bit about what would make someone go down this cannabis journey and also something that everyone asked me about, which is edibles. And I think it's really important to talk about edibles because I find them to be super beneficial, but I also find that people abuse them, don't know how to use them. And so um, tonight I'm really excited because I get to have my fabulous friend, Miss Vaniva Glam, and she's going to be on the show kind of sharing her journey, sharing her story. She is a amazing entrepreneur. If you don't follow her now, um, I'm going to put all the links to where to follow her, but definitely follow her amazing brand, which is called Sugar Box Detox. Um, and she does some amazing things with these vaginal steams. So ladies, I'm all about health and wellness. And I feel like regardless of whether cannabis is for you or not for you, you don't get better with cannabis. You get better with lifestyle change and cannabis is a tool. So I love all the tools that we have to better ourselves, to be healthier and to um, have wellness in our life. So welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And I'm <laughs> doing this like podcast because the information is needed. Yes. So Vani and I met a few years ago. Uh, she happened to be my a fabulous hairstylist. So if you don't know, she is a, a stylist to the stars. She is amazing um, at everything she does. She has her own line of hair. She, I mean, she does it all. I, I could give you like her resume, but y'all would just be blown away. I don't think you have time for that. So today we're going to focus on kind of what even like why we're even talking about this. So Vani and I became moms kind of around the same time. Um, I think Annalise was then at least like a little over one when Pharaoh was born. Yeah. 2016, June, 2016. Yeah, June 2016. So they're like a year apart, our kids. Yeah. Um, so Vani, so I watched kind of Vani go through her process, her pregnancy and having her little one. And then she kind of saw me going through the same process with Annalise prior to that. So a lot of you, if you haven't listened to episode two, I talked about postpartum and depression postpartum depression and how I use cannabis as a tool um, to get out of that scary place that I was in. And as I always say, cannabis is a tool. You should always follow up with your doctor, your mental health provider. It's not in place of therapy. I don't feel anything takes the place of therapy. Um, you know, and I don't think anything takes the place of wellness and taking care of yourself. Um, so lifestyle change is super important. And I had to do all those things, but cannabis was an amazing tool. So Vani kind of came to me and was like, Hey, I've been trying this too. And as most people who come to cannabis, it's always like a trial and error type of thing. You got to like try different things and see how it feels. So um, I love that Mani's willing to share her story because I think it's important. And I think that it's a very relevant story and that a lot of you will kind of understand where she comes from. So a little bit about before cannabis, like tell me about your background and what you like, what you thought about cannabis up till now. I was the cannabis, like I was the cannabis witch. Like I was so against cannabis, so against weed, so against smoking, just anti it um, in a sense. And I, and I think for several reasons, one, I growing up, it was something that I knew my friends did and I didn't judge people for doing it, but I just knew it wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. Right. Um, I also was taught like a lot of people that it's a gateway drug. Like if you start, you start smoking weed and next thing you know, you're smoking crack, you know, or next thing you know, you, you know, you're doing coke, whatever. So you were, you were taught that. Um, and then also too, I feel like, 
in the time that I was a teenager, when people were starting to experiment with those things, I just wasn't a smoker per se. So um, it never even appealed to me for me to be curious to try it because I didn't like the notion of smoking. But um, when I looked at, you know, I had a boyfriend that I was with for a very long time um, prior, you know, high school and then after until adult, until my adult life. And he was a heavy weed smoker. And I used to be like, why are you smoking? Why are you smoking? You need to stop smoking. And I feel like my, my reason was because I just was like, thinking cannabis was bad but I also feel like which I don't agree with now but I also felt like even at that time being that young it's like cannabis has a certain place it should have a place in your life right and sitting around smoking weed all day and not being productive isn't I feel like the way that you use cannabis but now with my wisdom about cannabis and information and research on um, all the natural properties versus what traditional medicine will prescribe you I feel like it definitely has a place it does have a place in people's lives but even it can be abused but it definitely has a place it has found a place in my life uh-huh. but it has been a, a challenge getting to this point because even with having a teenager and going through all of the cannabis things um, with a teenager I feel like my position isn't so much that cannabis itself is bad, but it has to be placed in your life in a certain way that it doesn't hinder you because you don't want to be just sitting around smoking weed and being lazy. And you definitely need to be able to afford this, you know? Right. Right. Definitely. I don't encourage um, children or teens to smoke because I feel like the, again, it's all in the way that it's used and what are you using it for and when are you using it? And I feel like if it makes you unproductive, then of course it's not for anybody, but if you're using it to treat I'm also very clear that now after having two epidurals with my son and having back pain and having to go through the process of physical therapy and not wanting to just be solely dependent on narcotics, um, you know, Vicodin and all of those things, things that help, um, like, am I going to have to do this for the rest of my life? And what effect is it having on my body? Like for me, it's like, okay, cannabis over any of those things for me now, but it does have to be used in the right way. Cause you know, I, I got introduced to the edible and the edible wasn't my friend at first. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about that edible because I think you have a great story. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And those people that are like, Oh my God, I want to try it, but I'm afraid because I've heard all these things. We'll definitely want to hear that. So I think the one thing that you said, which I think is so important is that cannabis has a place. And so you know, I always feel like there's the stigma, right? And so a lot of people are like, well, hey, you know, I don't want to smoke or or what have you. But, you know, in some cultures, this is norm. It's normal to sit around and smoke the men, the women, what have you. Um, But you're right. It can cause you, depending on how much you consume and what you consume, to be not productive. And so, you know, it's really important. And there isn't enough research to support that for anyone under 21. There's not enough research showing what the brain development, there's any changes in brain development for, you know, younger uh, smokers or consumers of cannabis. So there's still a little bit of research there. So I'm, I always say that I am family friendly and family centered. And the reason I say that is because I really want to focus on normalizing cannabis and also on helping parents that are trying to navigate this. Because the truth is, as a parent trying to navigate cannabis, 
when you're yeah. not, this isn't something that's like been your lifestyle. It's definitely different. And I will be honest, like we practice all kinds of safety, putting things away, you know, making sure that they're not accessible, but we also normalize it where, you know, this is medication, this is medicine. And we try not to necessarily hide it um, yeah. because it's important to just like I have, you know, Tylenol with codeine in my cabinet, you know, I have it up there and my child is not going to just go around opening things. And I try to keep things in childproof, you know, childproof, um, bottles, things like that. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on how to keep your cannabis safe in your home and have a cannabis safe home. So we'll talk about that in another episode, but what you said is so important. And so I had, there was, and let me see if I left it out here. Cause I wanted to read this. So you said something which was funny which is like you know your daughter who is how old now she is 19 now but at the time when we were going through um her kind of cannabis thing she was like 17 18 at the time um she was a teen she was a teenager um right typical teenager right (laughs) (laughs) and i and i feel like it was you know for me as a parent, like, of course, and I was a coach too at the time. So of course I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, you know, you guys go ahead and smoke weed. Or even Like, you know, I feel like with everything, everything has a place. Right. Right. And even I would speak with her dad about it, you know, it wasn't so much because I, because at that point I had a lot more education about how cannabis can help you in medical instances for pain, for anxiety, for stress, depression, all those things. Um, Even helping, you know, new moms be, you know, more relaxed and take some of that edge off of the cannabis. It wasn't her, it wasn't the cannabis per se. It was just where it was placed, how it was placed, the priority that was placed on it um, in her life. It's like, okay, you know, if this is one, why are we doing this? Right. I don't want it done in my house just out of respect, you know, but, um, and then three, like, how are you affording this? So I I don't want to necessarily have my dollars (laughs) be to that, not at this stage in your life, you know, every, every life has stages, you know? And, um, at that time, we're trying to, you know, we're thinking about school, we're thinking about graduating school, we're thinking about, you know, all these things. So it wasn't necessarily the cannabis per se. Like I said, again, I feel like it has a place. Right. And when it's placing your life and it's causing you to be like unproductive or whatever, because it, it we'll talk about this too. I'm sure you'll ask edible part. Edibles, I can honestly say, make me very unproductive if I eat too much of them. Right. And so finding a dose, which you helped me out so much with just knowing like, okay, there's different types of edibles, the different strands, um, also like different other products that you can use, like the patches. Like I was, so you have no idea how excited I was when you were talking to me about the podcast one, because I don't think you realize that fact that you're a nurse, like I trust you because mm-hmm. I know that you know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, like because you are you. Work, <laughs> you work in medicine, you know, in, in the regular medicine, traditional medicine that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And if you as a nurse are saying, Hey, this could be another this isn't another alternative, you know, for XYZ, right. then I'm gonna trust that because there's not a lot of people that are certified in the medical industry that are saying, Hey, you you this is an alternative. Everything else is just like, oh, you know, I can't tell you how many people told me for my, I had two epidurals. They were excruciating. I was in excruciating pain when they were administered, but I just took them because I didn't want, I feared the pain of labor. 
um, they felt completely different than, you know, the 16 and a half years prior when I had my daughter. Um, I knew when he was administering these things, like this is so painful. This was not this painful before. Mm -hmm. So there was obviously some nerve damage. Um, and I needed something like, and I didn't want to be dependent on Vicodin. Now they aren't even giving out narcotics the way that they used to. Even if you have like valid reasons, you have to go through physical therapy and you have to go through this and go through that. Oh, and yeah. I just some freaking relief. Okay, I know. Cause I'm over here with this shoulder, <laughs> this shoulder pain. I just needed yeah. some relief. And so it was like, I knew I wasn't going to smoke anything. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let me just give this a try, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and, and see, um, if it works after my son was not the very first time that I tried an edible, <laughs> my very, very first time I tried an edible was, um, I used to work at a salon and there was a dispensary right next to it. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to smoke anything, but and I, at that point, I was in my adult life. I had never experienced a THC high at all mm -hmm. ever in my life. And I was what, 30 years old. <laughs> so, yeah. So I tried it and it was a, it was a, a brand called the, do you want me to say the brand? You can say the brand. It's fine. Uh, it was a brand called the Green Hornet. And it was, I remember it exactly. It was like a little triangle and it was cut into like four pieces. So I asked the guy, I'm like, how much of this am I supposed to eat? Cause at this point I had no education on this stuff. Right. It's like, Oh, well I usually eat a whole, the whole thing. But, you know, you just eat half because you've never, ever been, you know, smoked weed or anything before. Right? I'm like, no. So I eat half of it and I'm totally like unmoved. But I'm like, oh, I'm in there doing hair, doing whatever. I have to go to my daughter's recital after. I'm like, okay, this could help calm me down, you know, anxiety, you know, whatever. I'm feeling calm. And it was, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was literally sprinkling outside and I was standing by my car and it just felt like, I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, it feels like stars. And <laughs> like, I could feel every single ounce of this while. Like, I remember it just feeling like magic, like very dust fell on me. Still not knowing that, okay, this edible kick, this is maybe like an hour and a half later, mm -hmm. the edible kicked in. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like you, when you, when you've never been high before, you don't know you're high. You yeah. just, you know, you're experiencing something, but in your highness, you don't think you're high. No. And then you're also trying to figure out like, how high am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm okay. Like everything. Like, Oh my God. Like I can feel the, the, every little, I felt like I could feel every little molecule of the wind on my skin. It was just like, Oh, this is, and I remember, I, re I remember in my highness thinking, Oh, it's like Woodstock. Like I'm like, oh, <laughs> Woodstock. Woodstock. you really like, went there. <laughs> get, get to this, get to her school. God, at this point, I'm super high. Go in there, sit down. And I'm, I remember like being able to hear every single voice. It felt like a choir of people were talking. It was just people sitting down, you know, to see their kids perform. And I remember hearing every single voice like, oh my gosh, it sounds like a million people are in my head talking. And so I'm like, okay, I could deal with this. The kids start singing. The curtains come up. The kids start singing. And I just remember looking like, focusing in on this one little boy and I'm like, Oh my gosh, his voice is sounds so pretty, but his hair, his hair looks a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in there cracking up laughing at this point. Giggles kick in. I'm cracking up laughing at the little boy. 
uh, it just, it was, it was crazy saying like, I got a piece of cake and I remember thinking everybody knows I'm high now and feeling paranoid. Like people know I'm high, right? trying to act like I'm not high and getting this piece of cake. And I, I got it and I ate it. And I was like, I could taste the egg, the flour, the sugar all separately. Like it was like, it, it was insane, but I was super duper high. So at that point I realized so you were like, having an extra sensory experience. Is that what I was having? <laughs> I mean, you felt was, you were feeling every, all your senses were heightened. Heightened to the point that I felt like I made this cake and I was tasting each ingredient in this cake. And that's how high I was. And I said, and, and because I, I, now back to the dosage. So this thing was cut in four pieces. I ha- didn't have the knowledge of edibles. So I'm taking the advice of the guy who works at the dispensary and he tells me take half of it. Well, it was a quad dose. So half of it was actually taking two doses. Two doses. Yeah. I was high for two days, literally high for two days. And it was the, wor- and I couldn't get it off of me. It feels like being that high feels like there's a blanket on you and you just can't get this blanket off mm-hmm. of you. There's nothing you can do. I want it. It made me ravaging hungry. I wanted everything and anything like constantly, even as it came down, I remember my mind just being like, but wait, I still feel high. Like, yeah. like you were checking you. So you're checking in with yourself every so often and seeing, okay, how am I feeling? Because that's what I, I tell people to do when I tell them to, when they consume edibles, one is I tell them to start at like 2.5 milligrams to five milligrams. So I usually recommend like microdosing and for the people who are watching, cause there is a little video to this. Um, this is a microdose a five milligram gummy. It's smaller than my nail. You know what I'm saying? Like smaller than my finger. So the fact is that if you're consuming those high doses, it's really, it will give you those more, you know, more and longer lasting effects because, you know, one of the things is with the edibles, you can have like four to eight hours of being high, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on the dosage. So this is a good example too. This is called the surfer. This cookie is like, (laughs) first of all, most of the cookie is in here because the cookie itself is gross. Sorry. <laughs> like um, I'm not going to mention the brand, but yeah. the back of it says, um, I don't know if you can see that one cannabis mm-hmm. serving equals 10 milligrams. And then it has a little pie and mm-hmm. that's how much you're supposed to eat of a cookie. This is like a regular size cookie you would buy anywhere you know what i'm saying like you went to a bakery you walk in you buy a cookie you go to starbucks they have cookies on the counter that's the size of this normally people will eat the whole cookie and so that's what's wrong with some of these packaging is that it really um you know they give it to you in these packages for obvious reasons it's easier to make a whole cookie than make like twenty five thousand little bits of cookies right um but the other thing is that a lot of people don't realize this cookie says cut the cookie into 15 equal wedge shaped pieces. So imagine a cookie that you buy, you know, over the counter. I don't know when those Nestle Toll House cookies or something. And you're supposed to cut that cookie in 15 equal wedge shaped pieces. Who does that? And I found that when I was getting them, it's like, when you buy products like that, once you open it, if you if you're not going to use that thing continuously, you find it gets 
hell. It goes this bad. Cookie, this cookie is, I can hurt someone. I can kill someone with this cookie. It's not it's like a brick right now, but I keep it for um, demonstration purposes. But yeah. one wedge, like we said, you cut this whole cookie into 15 equal shaped wedges, and then one wedge is nine to 10 milligrams. So you've been listening, right? How many milligrams do I usually say to start with? 2.5, right? Yeah, 2.5 to 5. And one wedge of this is 10. So 10 isn't terrible if you have been consuming and you have a little bit of a tolerance, but, you know, I wouldn't jump right into 10 with somebody who hasn't tried, you know, any kind of edibles or anything before. So, you know, I always tell people, especially because you say you don't like smoking and smoking is actually not as effective because you, you, you lose so much of the cannabis to the air, you know, like you, you lose a lot of it to just the environment, but also because smoking only lasts like two hours. So if you have back pain, it's only going to give you like two hours of relief, maybe three hours. So yeah. it's not really the most effective way, um, you know, to consume cannabis. And that includes vaping, any kind of inhalation um, mm -hmm. in the last two hours. So a lot of times people like edibles because they need to be able to medicate for a longer period of time. So like you were saying, you're trying to work and do hair and do all these different things and they're requiring you to be mobile. You're not trying to be walking around vaping every five, every two hours, you know? Sure. So um, the other thing with edibles, like you said, which I, <laughs> everyone that tries edibles is always afraid of having the experience that you had, you know, like they're touching the wall, you know, they're touching the fuzzy wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nobody wants to have that experience. But what I always tell people is the worst that is going to happen is you're going to be uncomfortable and it will go away. Like you're not going to die from it. You're going to die, but you're not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're going to die, but you're not going to die. So I think it's really important to always kind of bring that, you know, to mind that, you know, the effects are, harmless, but they are uncomfortable. So, you know, with the edibles, that's why I always say start low and slow and then build up from there. So usually, like she said, it's been an hour and a half and then all of a sudden, boom, the bass dropped <laughs> and your edible kicked in. And a lot of people don't wait that long before they have another edible because they're like, oh, well, I had the edible an hour ago. I don't feel anything. Let me have something else. So when no. you're starting at like a 2.5 or five, that might be okay. And, you know, you'll be able to know how much exactly you need so that you can function and treat your symptoms. Yeah. And I also feel like with edibles, like now that I'm more educated and um, like I said, thank you so much for it, it, exposing me and educating me on the different types of things like the patches and the different types of um, ways to consume, like the butter and the tea and all that other stuff. I feel like you once you start to like you said start slow because you'll know how much you can use in different situations like for me if I'm just going to be doing like care or I'm trying to package orders or whatever I know that I need to just be really really slow like slow with it like you said like 2.5 but if I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm done being productive for the night and I just want something that's gonna make sure that I'm not so uncomfortable with my back at night, you know, mm -hmm. tossing and all those things, then I know I'll take a little more. Mm -hmm. If I'm going on a vacation and I just want to chill and vibe out, I may take a little bit more. So your suggestion of, you know, getting familiar with and trying like 
obviously starting really small, like you said, because you're, you're not going to use to me, I don't use the same amount of cannabis in every situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I deal with Sparrow, then I'm not going to be on the same level that I am when I'm getting ready to go to bed. Right. Right. I, I'm gonna, I, I need to be present. Right. Because the other thing is if you don't have the right if you're not relieving the right symptoms at the right time, then you're going to be uncomfortable. So for what I mean by that is if you're trying to go to sleep and you took something that's going to make you sleepy, but you have someone around you who needs you to be awake and alert, it's not going to be a great feeling because you're basically fighting, you know, this feeling of relaxation. A lot of people will ask me, what is the best strain for the daytime or the nighttime or the right time. Yes, <laughs> make a manual for that. <laughs> so there's, so I want to tell you that there's not like a, there's not like a perfect strain, but there's like places that we start. So I will definitely create something like that and put it on the blog for you guys. So you can kind of see, you know, what's out there and what kind of preparations will help with certain things. Um, another great resource is, um, I love this book. It's a little bit um, like an encyclopedia kind of setup. It's called The Cannabis Pharmacy. It's by Michael Bax. I hope that's mm-hmm. saying that right. Um, but what I love about this book is that it's set up with different strains are already in here. And it tells you what the strains can help with and what kind of terpenes are inside the strains. And so I'm not going to get into terpenes right now because that's a whole nother uh, Um, But terpenes are basically the oils that are on the cannabis plant and the type of terpenes that are present are the are the ones that kind of tell the plant what it's supposed to be doing. Right. So if you are looking for relaxation, then you want a a plant that has terpenes of linalol, which is kind of like lavender. And I'll kind of give you that sleepy vibe. You know, if you want something that's going to wake you up and keep you focused, then you want something with maybe uh, myrcene or I'm thinking of the other one. Limousine is another one. So these are all different terpenes that do different things. And the lemony, citrusy types of things, they're probably going to make you do what? Oh, cool. Stay up. Yeah, stay awake. So so there is a science science behind it. Um, And I will post, um, I have a good wheel that kind of shows um, different strains and some of the symptoms that they help with. Um, it's not, it's not like exact. You do have to kind of play a little bit around with what works and what doesn't work, but it's a good starting point. Um, so, and, and I wanted to talk about this because you were talking about the edibles. You tried something else though. Cause you told me that you tried different. What did you try? Tea. Oh, uh. Spill the tea. <laughs> I'm gonna spill the tea on this tea, okay? So um recently I I was again experiencing the major uh, major back pain, not able to get much relief at all. Um and I didn't want to do like an edible that was gonna be making me tired and things mm-hmm. like that. And then of course I'm here in Texas, so availability is a little different. (laughs) Um, so, um, I got some of the regular weed that you would smoke and, and I had been on YouTube, like just trying to find different things that I could consume and maybe perhaps like make them myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I found this guy, I, I can't even remember his name. Um, but he has a whole channel about, 
um, making food with um, cannabis. Mm-hmm. So he shows how to make this tea. So I'm like, cool, I can totally drink a tea. This is easy to make. He, he taught me about decarbonizing or decarboxylation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, I did follow all the instructions. He used the same amount that he used, all those things. Um, drunk the tea and I, I made I made it in the same amount that he made it. I drunk the tea. Well, in this video, he does not clarify that you're not supposed to drink the whole cup of tea. And I'm thinking because it's tea, it has water, it has a no. tea. This is going to be diluted with the water, this right? Is diluted with water. And this this weed is not a lot. I didn't even use the whole bag, you know, that I had. Right. So in about an hour, this again, boom, hits me. This weed had me thinking I was convulsing. I was crying. I thought that my husband was trying to kill me for insurance money. I was throwing water at what I thought was demons coming (laughs) up to me. It had me so crazy. And at that point, I realized like, look, you have got to figure out one, what you're doing before you start experimenting with things on YouTube. Number one, number two, <laughs> I knew at that point that I needed to speak to you. <laughs> yes. Talk to me, girl. Figure out what the hell I was like, I got to talk to the Kushners because I keep messing up. And so when you having this platform is like, so helpful in so many ways you've taught me so much because it's like this is not just like easy bake oven you have to have your information listen you you have to respect cannabis and that's one of the things that i'm hoping to get from this uh podcast is you know knock you out you know it's so powerful and it's so wonderful it's so amazing but it's also like you said people can't abuse it even though you know you can't it's not addictive necessarily but people get addicted to the ritual of mm-hmm. cannabis, you know, mm-hmm. the rituals associated with cannabis. Um, and where but, it takes your mind. You yeah, know? where it takes your mind, right. And, um, you know, kind of that ability to use it to escape, right? Because it can yeah. be used for that. Um, but I will say that, you know, one of the things that I'm, you know, excited about for you is that you try different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those experiences are kind of scary, but you try different things. I know, you know, you mentioned like pain meds and things that they had prescribed before, and I can't imagine that you were able to function with any of that. Yeah. It, 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 you know, the, the thing about pain medication is that you're going to get your relief, but you also, one, I just fear all types of damage to my organs. Like, you know, like I fear everything around there's some commercial about it can cause liver disease and affect right. this pancreas. And then I'm just like, okay, can I just bug it out and deal with this? Pain? <laughs> <laughs> So 10 years from now and I have something wrong with my liver, I know for a fact cannabis is going to do that to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, being on those medications and I, and I really did not want to become dependent on it. You right. know, I really did not want to become dependent on it. I needed to be present. I didn't want to go through a bunch of mood swings if I wasn't on it. It was just, it was just so, and, and then they made it even harder to even get it, even though they have record that I had these two epidurals, they have record that my back is tore up. You know, I couldn't even get an MRI until I went to physical therapy, like oh, yeah. 25 times or something like that. And, and did all these things just like you guys. And then at that point I felt like, okay, they're milking the system. 
Yeah. If you can charge me, if you know that I have what my issue is, and I'm telling you what my issue is, you have it documented. Like epidurals are documented. Right. You guys know the effects of epidurals, but you still require me to go to physical therapy 25 times. You know right. that this work, but you're going to get paid to see me 25 times before you get me to where you know I need to be. Right. It just felt like I just need to go natural. Like I want to go natural. I want to go natural in a lot of areas in my life. And it really did start. I feel like with this journey, yeah, it, it kind of catapulted it to the next level for sure. That's amazing. So I want to ask you your opinion on this. So I'm going to read something really quick because I feel like, you know, what a lot of the things that I'm noticing right now is, you know, I'm in my forties. A lot of my friends are in their thirties and forties and, you know, have children and some of them have older children who have, you know, consumed cannabis in the past or, you know, so similar to you where it's like, you know, how do I navigate this now when I told my kids it was wrong then? You know what I mean? And, and yeah. they must yeah. get it with that. So I'm going to read this real quick. This is from the Cannabis Manifesto. And I would suggest reading it. It's by Steve D'Angelo. And it's just a... It's kind of why cannabis should be made legal and then all of the kind of loopholes and things that um, exist, even though, you know, it's still illegal. And um, it just really shares like the cause for legalization. But one of the things they say is all over the U.S., parents are hiding their cannabis from their children while children are hiding it from their parents. Mm -hmm. Teachers hide it from their students and students hide it from their teachers. Professionals hide their cannabis use from their clients they serve and the clients hide it from the professionals who advise them. Employees hide it from their employers and employers hide it from their employees and everybody hides it from the cops. <laughs> so yeah. unless you live in California and then yeah, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> and then no one cares. And then it yeah. says young people learn that it's okay to break the law and lie and hide as long as they don't get caught. And they learn to distrust and disrespect lawmakers and police, as well as their teachers and parents. The hiding and silence deprives kids of good role models, and they develop images of cannabis use from Hollywood stoner movies and comedy acts. So, <laughs> it's true. I have no. It's so true, right? So, <clears throat> I have a lot of other um, parents, not just moms, but parents in general, and they talk to me about this. They're like, the hardest part now is that. We finally got to a place where, you know, they're shedding light on why this is such an amazing drug and why it's medicine. But I've literally spent the last few years telling my kids, like, don't touch it. It's, you know, terrible. And not only that, because it's and I always bring back like alcohol, like, you know, I grew up in an environment where there were parties every weekend because I'm Dominican and that's what we do. <laughs> There's parties every weekend. Yeah, two of us, it's a party. Um, but no, we would have parties every weekend. There were always aunts, uncles. We went to my grandma's house, music all night, and there were bottles of alcohol everywhere. It wasn't, no one was making you drink them. It's just that it was accessible. We ran around, we played between our parents' legs and there was beer bottles and wine and rum and everything. And that's just the environment that I grew up in. Now I raised my daughter in a different environment. Everything is like up in a cabinet away. I forget that it's even up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we yeah. just are different times, but she knows when I have a glass of wine or anything else, like this is not for you. That's it. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel about cannabis. It's like, this is not for you. This is medica This is medicine. And even if people who use it recreationally, it's not for kids, you know, and you, yeah. if you create the culture of identifying that right away, just like alcohol, you know, I never drank alcohol. Like mm -hmm. my mom told me 
it wasn't for me. And that's yeah, it, yeah. you know, and I respected that. So I feel a lot of times like yeah. the more we overemphasize, like it's so terrible. Like my mom was like, weed, cannabis, marijuana, whatever you want to call it. La marijuana is what she called it. <laughs> La marijuana. Yes. Um, la hierba, you know, Ooh. that was like the same as crack cocaine. Girl, that was the same. And I grew up in the Bronx, you know, people (laughs) were dying. People were literally dying outside of our, you know, our, our, our door. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had homeless people living underneath our, our, you know, the stairwell, um, Mm -hmm. that were shooting up cocaine, (laughs) heroin, whatever it was. And, um, it just makes me sad that for all this time, I never understood cannabis. You know, I never understood it. And because of that stigma, like you said, I knew plenty of people that smoked and, you know, there were people when I went to college here and there, but literally in my life before this, you know, stint with postpartum depression, I wasn't like, it wasn't something that I did all the time, maybe a handful of times, maybe both handfuls. I never bought, you know, I've never bought weed. I didn't know where to get it, where to access it. Um, if someone had it and they were like, Hey, you want some fine, but I never experienced (laughs) that high, um, until way later. And, um, one of the things that people should know is a lot of the time when you're first consuming cannabis, a lot of times you'll have people that are like, Oh, I tried it one time, but I didn't get high. But that's usually because those receptors in your body, they're not really turned on. You know what I mean? They're, they're there and they're, they never had this plant in there before. So they're like, Oh, and the second or third time, or as they progress, they start to experience more of the plant because those Mm -hmm. receptors are more available. So I don't know. I, I, I read that and I thought that's amazing that somebody wrote this because that's really what it is. It's like people are hiding it from their kids, hiding it from their yeah. wife, hiding from all these environments. And it doesn't necessarily help at all because that's why there's this black market now with all these people selling like underground yeah. cannabis and all this stuff because the laws are so, I mean, they're just, it is, it's a law, but it's not, I mean, on a federal level, it's illegal, but state level, it's legal in some states. Yeah. Very confusing. For me, I feel like uh, my my position as it stands now, and and as I I preface the the podcast and saying, like, this wasn't always my position. Um, I will, you know, when my daughter was younger, it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it's not age appropriate. So you don't gotta, you don't gotta worry about that. As I get into their teens and even preteens, you're talking about middle school, you know, um, you know, some kids before that, but definitely like middle school age, it's again, not age appropriate. One, you can't afford money you going to use to, to, to get it. And, you know, but it go but today my position with it is and I and I've been I feel like I've been um open with my daughter about um mm-hmm. my positions and why my positions are as such. Um and the bottom line is I feel like that one what he's saying is true, but two, it's like again, it has a place. And now that my daughter is nineteen, almost twenty years old, if that's what she chooses to do, then She's not asking me to purchase it. That's fine. But even now, as a parent, even in your 20s, I just want you to place it in the right place yeah. so that it doesn't 
affect your productivity so it doesn't so that you're not depending on it it's not causing you to be in a depression and causing you know that you place it in the right place mm-hmm. i can't ask anything more of that because i now have knowledge i would rather i would rather it be this and put, and also be aware of where you're getting it from right now cali you know our cali kids they grow up it's, it's like second nature you know in california it is recreational use is legal so I, I don't, you know, my position has changed slightly, but I feel like it, for anybody though, even if right. you were 50 years old, right. play your life where it's not causing you a problem and you are still productive and able to manage your, your affairs move to the next level. Right. Because when back to being a kid, like my grandfather smoked weed. Yeah. I didn't really know what weed was. I just knew that he would have these green, pa- this pack, this clear Envelope or clear package mm-hmm. in the jet magazines. I didn't buy it. <laughs> I okay. And, and yeah, the jet magazine. He would have his jet magazines lined up, and then in, in one of them somewhere, you would peekaboo, you find your little. You, and mm-hmm. I, I knew that he smoked weed, but my grandfather was a professional man, and he, when he retired, he still was the president of he the smoked, U.S. He smoked reefer. Pops and all of those things, and knowing that. Okay, this is what he did. But to me, the way he positioned it and placed it in his life, it was no different than him smoking a cigarette because right. I, I didn't see any him not being productive. And now knowing what I know, he smoked to the day he died. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, it, it was, it, I would have rather him being cannabis dependent than dependent on uh, all those other mm-hmm. medicines that he was taking so um my position now is that it for anybody just place it in your life where it needs to be placed um you know if you want to use it to it's, you know the same way people use alcohol they use alcohol you get wine you want to feel a little tipsy you want to feel a little buzz relax then cool you're on vacation you're chilling with your friends you want to you know i went to vegas i i experienced planet is it planet 13 mm-hmm. um big like a big marijuana superstore i guess <laughs> it was you have to go to vegas and see this place it's really cool but it came I had microdose. I took my little, I wanted to relax and chill poolside, took my little um, candy and I was feeling good. But again, I can't do that every day. I can't do that, you know, and since my son, when I'm taking cannabis for pain management, I have to know how much to take and when, because back pain is real and it's constant and it affects your sleep. It affects everything. And I've been in so much pain that I'm just like, I just need something. And that's what helped me out. So with that, it's like, I, I agree. It, it, everything has a place and cannabis has a place and, and that's any age that would apply. I feel like up to a certain age, it's not even appropriate, but once it becomes age appropriate, it has its place. Right. So one of the things that you mentioned is when you have back pain and you're trying to do things that you are only able to dose yourself, you know, a certain amount. So mm-hmm. what you're doing in essence is microdosing. And microdosing okay. is basically the process of finding your therapeutic dose. So a lot of times people think like, if I have pain and I take more gummies or more, you know, smoke more or consume more, it's going to make more pain go away. But that's not true. What no. happens is you start to build a tolerance and then your cannabis isn't going to work for you. And basically, you're spending a lot of money and wasting your products. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we recommend microdosing, which is starting with the 2.5 to 5 milligrams and then building from there, because then you'll be able to see, okay, it takes me 15 milligrams to kind of 
get this back pain under control at night or whatever during the day, or it takes me, you know, five milligrams for me to be functional. So when you know what you need, then you're not going to have those symptoms that you don't want, like being tired or anxious, paranoid. Um, so that, that's the benefit of microdosing. So if anybody is interested in learning how to microdose or interested in starting, you know, kind of their treatment plan, that's something that I can help with. You guys can follow the website. Um, yeah. and contact me there. But what I love most about today is that I got to talk to you um, and share a little bit about your journey because it's been amazing. You have so many wonderful things going on. So tell us a little bit about you, what you have going on and where people can find out more about you. So I am the Neva and I am a, I call myself a creative entrepreneur because I started um, my career as a hairstylist, but like many creatives and many people who work in a creative space, we have multiple talents. And so, yes, I've done hair and TV, film and production. Um, I've done a couple of celebrities. I don't necessarily consider myself a celebrity stylist, but I've done a couple of celebrities and I love my clients all the same. Um, but we, I relocated from California to Texas and I decided that I wanted to pursue some of my other creative things. Um, I had done hair professionally for 16 years at that point. So now what I'm doing is I have a brand called Sugarbox Detox and what I make is feminine self-care and wellness products. One of the products that's what she's holding up now is our vaginal steams, vaginal steams, um, have helped me so much. Um, a lot of women have been able to regulate their cycles using it, um, treat endometriosis using it. People have said that they have um, relieved extremely bad cramps. It's a very good for getting connected spiritually to your body and your creative self and your root chakra. Women, we hold our tension, our stress, our creativity all of those things in our womb. So it's a really good self-care ritual that also has a lot of health benefits attached to it. Um, so I started that and I sell sage wands and all those things. So essentially Sugar Box Detox is a feminine wellness and self-care brand and I provide different products to help you along that journey. I love it. So she is Sugar Box Detox yeah. <laughs> on social media. And um, what I love about this and something that I've really wasn't able to do before this. And so this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about doing these cannabis uh, podcasts is I wasn't able to enjoy wellness before. My anxiety would not let me enjoy sitting in a salon and getting my nails done or soaking in a tub or any of that stuff. When you described your first experience getting high and you said you started to feel the water on your face and these things it's not that I feel those things, but it's that I'm allowing myself to, you know, with cannabis, I can relax enough to enjoy the sensation of soaking in a tub. My mind doesn't have a checklist of to do, to do, to do going and I can relax. And so I'm really excited because part of, you know, the Kushner's brand is you have to change your lifestyle and use cannabis as a tool. You can't yeah. use cannabis as a tool and not change your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to be healthy and you have to make wellness, put wellness first. So these things are, you know, key, whether it's, you know, one of the things that I love to do is to get up in the morning before everybody else. Everybody thinks I'm crazy because usually I'm up at like, I don't know, five thirty, quarter to six. I'm down here. It's quiet. I turn on my little oil diffuser 
And I don't do anything. I mean, there's nothing magical that happens. It's not, there's nothing like, I'm not reading any deep literature. (laughs) I'm just sitting on my couch. I may have a cup of coffee, but it is quiet in my house and it's dark. And then I usually, you know, it starts to get bright outside and I enjoy just sitting. But I have not been able to do that till now. Before it was like, okay, she's going to come down in 10 minutes. Oh my God. How much time do I have before the next thing is going to happen? Before the next thing falls off. Yes. It's like the next thing that's going to happen. How can I relax when I have 20 things to do? Now I can prioritize self-care. I can prioritize wellness. And I think that for me, when I talk about the benefits of cannabis in my episode two, it's that anxiety is gone. And one of the things that I have enjoyed most um, is being able to change my lifestyle because when you're not anxious, you can do a, a fitness class. I can ride my Peloton bike um, and not worry about how many more minutes do I have? Oh my God, how long have I been on this bike? Because that's how it would feel before. Like instead of enjoying the exercise, I was counting the minutes to the end of the class. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these are things that have been so beneficial. So I'm loving the sugar box detox and I need a sage wand. Yes. (laughs) You're leaving um, bath. Uh, I'll send you a bath soak. I'll send you a sage wand. And then after our bath soaks, um, after the new year, we're going to have oil diffuser. I'll send you everything. You know that. Okay. And I will, once I use these, I'll put it in my story so you guys can, I'll tell you more about it. Um, Vani, I love you. You are amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you you for sharing with us. Thank you for doing this. Yes. Thank you for being open, honest, transparent, and just sharing with us. You are amazing. Follow her guys on Sugarbox Detox and I will see you guys next week for another episode of the Kushners. Mwah.